Hello, everyone, and welcome to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast where we bring the power of prevention to you. I'm your host, Mike Wabshaw, Director of Marketing at Fit for Work. Excited about our conversation today as we welcome in a colleague of mine here at Fit for Work. It's Lauren Brizendine, Director of Ergonomics for Fit for Work. Excited to talk to her about this topic because ergonomics is a component of our industry that is probably the most public facing or the most commonplace, I guess, in the layman's lexicon. However, there is a high degree of detail to it, of the other side of this that people might not know about, that people might not think about. And that I think is where Lauren is really going to be able to help us out. So let's bring her in right now. Say hello to Lauren and thank you for joining us, Lauren. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm doing good. Happy to be here and talking to you. Good. Do you agree with me that there is a level of nuance to your specific discipline of study that maybe is not always appreciated by everyone? Yes, I would say so. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that. So my original plan was was vet school. And so life led me down a different path. And mm-hmm. my roommate at the time had started a master's program, master's of public health at Texas A&M. And she was like, well, you should just come do this master's program with me. And I was like, well, okay, sounds good. And the only thing that I had heard about ergonomics before starting that master's program was like ergonomic handles for gardening tools or things like that, or um, office ergonomics, a fancy chair. And Mm -hmm. so I would say that's pretty commonplace for a layman that's not really ever really been immersed into ergonomics. That's what they think. Oh, an ergonomic handle, an ergonomic chair, and and that's it. But there's really, there's a lot more to it than that. There, you know, it's a combination of engineering, psychology, and musculoskeletal. So all three of those work together as one to be ergonomics. I liken it a lot to, and I explained this to you in, in the past, to public relations. Organizations that I've been with in the past, particularly when I was with the Minnesota Vikings, PR is a very public-facing or a very well-known part of an organization. I think most people understand that companies have a PR or media relations department, and what comes hand-in-hand with that is the general understanding that almost anyone can do that can do that job. And I always think about that with regard to ergonomics because you're exactly right. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm ergonomically sound. I sit on a bouncy ball and you have these, these common things that people know about, but now having been with fit for work for almost a year, Lauren, I have learned just some of the nuance of the study or of the science. Uh, so have a great appreciation for it. And that's an interesting backstory for you. And that's how life works, isn't it? You think you're going one direction, but then you typically you end up going another one and typically it works out. But that's, I think, a pretty, a pretty standard way that it goes for people. And I can tell that you're good at what you do and you seem to like it as well. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel lucky that life led me down this path. Mm-hmm. I mean, who grows up to <laughs> want to be an ergonomist who even knows what that yeah. is? Um, Mm -hmm. but once, you know, I got immersed into the different options of my master's program, I knew for sure that ergonomics interests me the most and it continues to do so throughout my career. And I really enjoy being a consultant, being able to see, um, instead of being locked into one facility, being able to take something from each facility that I visit and add it to my arsenal of, of tools, basically. Yep. 
Very cool. So what is a cobot? What is the um, situation with an evolving and aging workforce? Those are two topics that we are going to get to with Lauren eventually in today's discussion. But first, I want to start, Lauren, with your time at Fit for Work, your work at Fit for Work. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen Fit for Work yourself as the director of ergonomics make a difference for clients and partners of Fit for Works? Yeah, for sure. Clients come to us when they have a problem, they need help and they don't know what to do typically, or um, Mm -hmm. they have an idea of what they want to do, but they need a professional to either confirm or provide supporting documentation to get whatever change they want implemented. And, and so that's what we do. We go in, we identify risk and provide different solutions. And the solutions typically try to provide them with different tiered solutions. So, hey, this is something you can do now. This is something that you can do six weeks from now. And this is something that you can do six months from now or a year from now. And, um, sure. and we have other things um, other than just identifying risk that, that we provide to our clients as well. But for the most part, you know, they, they have a need and they either don't have the expertise to do it or they don't have the manpower to do it. And that's where we come in. For the longest time we were doing uh, ergo projects. You know, we, we come in, we knock out the project, we hand it over and we say, Hey, let us know if you need anything else. But Mm -hmm. more recently within the past few years, we've developed, it's called an ergonomic subscription. And what that does is it provides ongoing ergonomic support to our clients at a, at a low cost. And, um, a lot of our clients are taking advantage of that. So we come in quarterly, make a visit on site, collect data, and then provide whatever ergonomic, um, deliverable or solution they're looking for throughout that quarter. And it it goes on for a year and, and hopefully even longer than a year, but, We've seen a lot of clients have a need for that ongoing ergonomic support, and it also helps them budget throughout the year instead of having a big, you know, bill at the end of our project. It's it's something that they can plan for and count on every month uh, for as long as they need us. I think ideal world, you would, as the company starts, they have always been doing this. Uh, Oftentimes, that's not the case. You, You might get a company that hasn't been doing an ergonomics program much at all, if at all, discovers that they might need it, implements this program, and then sees market progress and the program adjusts as as they make progress. Is that sort of a more typical lifespan of maybe a fit for work partner who's who's working on ergonomics. Yeah, definitely. And our clients are are kind of all over the board. Some of them don't have any kind of ergonomics program going on and they need us to help them get that up and running with um, start their ergo program, tell them what they should do, help them along the way. And then others are, are very advanced and they're very well versed in ergonomics. They know exactly what they're looking for. They just kind of need the manpower for for people to come in and do it. But yeah, with mm-hmm. the the subscription program in particular evolves as their needs evolve. It's it's very very flexible. Do you find that a lot of companies with whom Fit for Work is partnering from an ergo perspective, that is the only drawer of service, shall we say, that they're engaged with with Fit for Work? Or do you find that ergo is one component in a more comprehensive or dynamic package of services that Fit for Work offers 
clients and partners? Yeah, it's definitely just one component of the package okay. that we offer. And oftentimes, ergo subscriptions for our clients go along with our on-site services or um, and or they have an ergonomic subscription and a safety subscription along with on-site. Um, sometimes companies, they want our on-site services, but upper management, um, for whatever reason, different reasons, um, haven't, you know, given them the green light for on-site. So they say, okay, well, can we get, can we at least get an ergonomic subscription in the door, um, get us started, get that relationship with Fit for Work. And then as they see the progress that we've made with them through our ergonomic subscription, mm-hmm. they get the buy-in from management and, and move towards on-site services as well. Hey all, John Groves, CEO of Fit for Work. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a one-of-the-kind subscription ergonomics program now available from Fit for Work. For just 500 bucks a month, you can get quarterly visits face-to-face from one of our Ergo team members who will perform physical demands analysis, ergo risk assessments, and or deliver training all of all different kinds. Then in between visits, you have on-demand access to the Ergo team for any questions that you might have. So rather than scoping out Ergo projects one at a time, now you get an in-person, year-round Ergo partner that provides you more deliverables than you would for a a typical project price. It's typically a third of the price. It's an incredible value and is easy to learn more at wellworkforce.com. Click on Connect With Us. Now, back to the interview. Last question, sort of on on in this line of questioning, is what what is a typical job title or position within a company who would be mindful of this, Lauren, and would engage with you or or one of your colleagues, our colleagues at Fit for Work, about beginning this or adjusting their current service? Typically, we're talking with EHS managers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's operations leaders, but I would say more often than not, it's the EHS manager that has um, identified a need and reached out to us. I uh, I mentioned this in some of the promotion of our episode together, Lauren, and I mentioned it earlier in our discussion uh, a few moments ago, a cobot. <laughs> we talked about that and kind of laughed about it. It's It's a new term for sure. And it plays into what is going to be a common theme in the Workplace Injury Prevention podcast over the next maybe year, um, if not longer. And that is the total worker health concept and the evolving workplace where uh, we have certainly seen a shift in the type of work that's done, the type of worker we have, and what workplaces are like. So tell us about Cobots, the human-machine interface, and how that plays into the evolving workplace and total worker health. Unless you've been living under a rock, everybody knows that there is a shortage in, in labor and workers. And doesn't seem to be getting much better. And clients have companies have recognized that. Clients of ours that in the past have not been looking towards engineering control, automation, etc., are now looking towards automation and engineering controls because they they recognize that the labor shortage isn't getting any better and that that's the way that everybody will be moving. And so because of that labor shortage, they're now planning for automation and engineering controls. And what that means is that now, instead of having a job where they're doing the manual lifting, the manual labor, they're now going to be working with some type of automation. And oftentimes, 
that is a cobot. And a cobot is similar to a robot, except that cobots don't typically, they don't typically lift as much weight as robots. Um, and they work with people. Okay. And therefore, so robots, they're bigger, they're stronger. They don't work with people. They work by themselves. And because of that, they're usually caged or guarded to keep people from getting hurt or interacting with it. So cobots work with people. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they're, they don't have to be caged or guarded. Typically they're easily programmable and they're easily reconfigurable so they can be repurposed for other tasks. And so we see a lot of manufacturing where people are working more and more with cobots. Cobots are taking over some of the tasks, but people are still working with them. Yeah. And so it's not a zero sum game where it's like, we have this, we have human workers, human labor, and now we're going away from that, cutting it off entirely. Now it's all robots. As is the case in almost everything in life, there is middle ground. And that's sort of what you're speaking to right now. That's cobot is middle ground of that. Yep. Yes. So instead of only being human labor, human material handling, lifting, all those things, well, now they're bringing in different types of automation to take over some of these tasks, but there still usually has to be somebody either um, the human machine interface, somebody interfacing with that physical control panel. So screens or touch screens that connect the user or the people to the machines and devices. So ergonomics, there will be a shift where instead of us saying, hey, don't lift 50 pounds overhead or don't bend over and lift 80 pounds up off the ground. Well, now it's more refined in that we're going to make sure that the display that they're working on controlling this machine or controlling this automation is set up properly for that person. So there'll be a shift from one to the other over time. Yeah. And I think what, you know, what you're talking about with not just with cobots, but with a comprehensive holistic solution that fit for work can offer and where ergonomics plays into that is from hire to retire, having a program for companies where they can prevent injuries, keep people healthy. That's the primary goal. If there needs to be triage and treatment of injuries, um, that's something fit for work can offer as well. But the the whole idea here is an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And the cobots, the ergonomics programs, whether it's subscription-based or progress-based are things that speak to that and that can help companies find a holistic solution. That's right. Yeah. All right. So you, uh, Lauren, final thing here before we let you go, um, you are going to be speaking or presenting at a conference here in April in Houston. So tell us about that and tell us who you'll be with and sort of what the topics are going to be for yourself and for your partners. Yeah. So I'm co-presenting at the 2023 Gulf Coast Chapter Professional Development Conference, and we are speaking on the aging workforce. If you didn't know, the average age of the workforce is getting older. Mm-hmm. People are either they're staying at work longer for different reasons, whether that be because they need to, because of finances, or because they want to. They just they don't want to stop working. And so, what that means from an ergonomics perspective is how do we continue to accommodate for that to keep them at work because they they really do the aging workforce provides value to the rest of the workforce you know they've been there a long time they have a lot of expertise and knowledge that they can pass on to the younger generation so what can we do for them 
There was a cool study at a BMW plant in Germany. They rearranged where people were working. So this department or area of the plant, they put only people with an average age of like 55 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they made positive ergonomic changes in that area for this older population of workers. And after doing that, they saw a 7% increase in productivity, decreased absenteeism, which was below average for the rest of the plant, and a decrease in errors. So the defect rate actually dropped to zero. So not only did they improve the workplace for this older population of workers, but they also saw increase in productivity and a decrease in error rates. So there's many different benefits to improving the workforce for this evolving workforce. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And this is, you know, (laughs) again, an example, you're hitting on a topic that Yeah, you can't be out totally in front of this uh, because the workplace has already evolved and changed. But what you will be speaking about is something that Fit for Work can help companies do. And that is, I mean, evolution is always happening. It is never going to not happen. The workplace work itself is changing and Fit for Work is here to help companies respond to that and and get out in front of things uh, where and when they can. So that'll be a really good opportunity, Lauren, for you, but for people who are there listening to you to be educated. And I think I know the director of marketing at Fit for Work. So we'll have that guy make sure he he promotes that uh, conference and we can get as many people to that as possible. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> you bet. Uh, thanks for joining us, Lauren. Uh, this was fun. I don't think it'll be the last time that we team up together for the uh, Workplace Injury Prevention Podcast. So I know where to find you. And when another ergo topic comes up or when something important is happening, happening in the ergonomics world. I'm going to look you up. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. Thank you you all for listening to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen to all of your podcasts. To learn more about Fit for Work and our services, visit our website, wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives.